until his hand goes down. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Leading Agile video podcast here in our booth. We've got speakers and thought leaders at the conference coming all week long, so that if you can't make it to the show, you still get a sense of what's going on. And we've got a lot of people who created Agile are here, and right now we're going to do a different kind of interview. So one of the great things for me is I get to look through the program and pick out talks and topics that I think, oh, this is really cool. I'm glad somebody's doing this. And Cash Van Gelder, am I pronouncing it right? Yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, how it's had a talk yesterday, the flying in the thud, mental health issues on agile teams. And I don't think anybody's done a mental health talk at one of these conferences before. There's some of the topic in other sessions mm-hmm. in the past, but not as directly. Right? Um, I haven't heard of anything, no. Okay. So uh, it was pretty interesting for me to do it. Yes. Okay. So can you, for the folks who weren't able to make it, what was the talk about? Uh, for this one, it's an experience report, so there's also a uh, part of it that's written that's already been published um, okay. to the Agile Alliance site. So um, we'll, we'll add the link to the show notes after the uh, video's up. That's fantastic, too. Um, <laughs> um, so when you do these experience reports, you talk about things that you've actually gone through. So right. it's it was a way for me to open up the discussion, but also discuss what I had personally been through so okay. that it made it more of a safe space for people to talk about these things and not feel like um, you know this was something that was happening to someone else yeah. you know outside of me right so okay so what um, I know in the description you talk about some different things you talk about OCD ADHD mm-hmm. bipolar stuff like what what came up when people were asking about this or what kind of issues did you focus on in terms of the workplace and how people are treated if, if they've got some of those things well Mostly I focused on bipolar because that's what I have. And there were other issues that I brought up, like ADHD because I have children that um, struggle with that. Um, Also panic disorders or, you know, um, like one of my daughters has an issue with, uh, what do they call it, Um, social anxiety. Okay. So, you know, there's some issues surrounding that. Plus I've worked with lots of people who either have... Asperger's syndrome, or um, you know, are on the spectrum for autism. I have seen a lot of people with OCD and a ton of people with panic disorders. Do you think that it seems to me like over the past maybe ten years in the workplace, in technology especially, Mm -hmm. things like Asperger's, OCD, ADHD—they're kind of almost expected, or or, I, I don't know, and and. Maybe this is part of the problem, is that that to me is like, okay, you know, yeah, we're going to have people like that, that's whatever. Um, I don't know if, if a safe space is being violated when I say things like that. Is it? What do you mean? Well, Why would you think it's being violated? I've known people in the past, uh, people that had bipolar. And um, one of the words that became a word that we don't use anymore was crazy. Right. Because it and it's it was never meant in a harmful way, but it, it's it's not the it's not a word that pays respect to the person and and the things that they're doing. At least that's how I would And I think things like saying people on the oh he's on the spectrum, oh he's a little, I'm a little OCD today, whatever. Does that make light of those things? And if so, does that if I say something like that, is it offensive to somebody who actually has OCD? You know, everybody has their own personal um, limitations of what they find acceptable. Um, For me, I don't have that issue because I know what I have and I know how I want to treat it. But um, other people might find it very offensive. 
so, you know, it's like any other sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's only how the person who is receiving the information perceives it. Okay. So. Do you run into a lot of people who are, I mean, if you're at work and if you've let somebody know that you're bipolar, mm-hmm. do they still not know what that is? Do they still confuse sure. it with lots of other things? Sure, especially when you have so many people um, recently who have either killed themselves because of it, like Gatesby right. and Anthony Bourdain. You also have um, people like Kanye West who have come out and admitted that they're bipolar, but he has quite obviously decided not to uh, do any sort of medication treatment. Okay. Um, you know, you they definitely see that. And also, um, Carrie Fisher was uh-huh. pretty um, out there about you know her bipolar and having yeah. different episodes, even though she was treated medically. Um, so they did have different ideas about this. Um, and it's a shame, too, because a lot of it comes with stigma that yeah. is very negative. For instance, the whole thing with Kate Spade was that she knew she had an issue, really wanted to get treatment, and her family said she thought that if she got treatment, it would harm her company, yeah. which in turn harms so many other people yeah. in her mind. She would be destroying people's livelihoods yeah. just by her getting treatment. That is a massive injustice. Yeah. So, I mean, that, well, I'm going to... Stay away from the Kate Spade and Sunday. Okay, do, but, we, can, we can talk about what, what No, you no, no. But what I wanted to ask was, how, how can a more... I know you talked about inclusive mm-hmm. How can we create a workspace where, where maybe letting somebody know Kate's going to realize what my responsibility is, I've got to take care of myself to take care of other people. Right. And, yeah, the company might take a hit, but how can we make that more okay? Well, how can we make people feel more at ease with saying, like, take the stigma away? You know, um, that's a very difficult and very large question, and it requires us unpacking a huge problem we have, particularly in this country, with the stigma attached to it. Well, we can't really change everything about the world right now, right? So we have to pick what we have. And if we can make it so that there's more psychological safety within the team. So when I'm talking about that, there may be... You know, um, things that we do that, particularly if you have someone who's undiagnosed, that you, there are a lot of laws that, um, that are restrictive in how you can approach someone about that, or if you can at all. Okay. So maybe you just have a conversation about making accommodations for them or adjustments. I prefer the word adjustments rather than accommodations. So what kind of, I think, I think it's a better word, but what, what kind of adjustments would you make? Well, there might be simple ones. Um, if you have, um, oh, for instance, uh, I had a lot of people in my retros and plannings who would get distracted by the cell phones. And that's usually an indicator that, you know, they're having a hard time focusing. And that might be an indicator of something else. It might not. Right. So what I ended up bringing in are these little uh, fidget toys, not the ones you normally see, like the spinners, but these are silent ones. They're made of mesh and they have a little marble in there. So basically, they can just sit there and play with them and do whatever. Um, and usually they don't realize they're playing with them, but it also keeps them totally focused and in the meeting. So that's one thing. If you have someone who, um, for instance, had a, a coworker who was very distracted by people walking by or sure. getting interrupted or whatever, um, there are things you can do on a permanent basis or a temporary basis. For instance, uh, move, you know, it's always you can move them to uh, 
like a, an office. If that's not available, then maybe what you have is you set up certain office hours or you set up um, that they can go to a conference room, you know, from this time to this time and, you know, they're alone by themselves doing what they need to do. You know, there are different, um, there are different adjustments that you can make and um, for the better, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Okay. What about for bipolar? Are there special... Uh, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, I mean, how, how upfront are you with your coworkers about it? How upfront am I with my... Uh, um, it's a little different currently, and I'm okay. sure a lot of them are going to see this, and they recorded the, the speech I did, and okay. so I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to, to see that. And it's, um, well, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I will let you know that it was a big risk. When I originally started to write about this, I was going to write strictly from the I have seen this yeah. perspective, and I thought that's unfair. Well, it's very brave. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, um, I didn't do it, though, for me, although a lot. I got so much out of doing it, um, and it was very cathartic. But I knew that if I talked about it as though it was them, else, yeah. the, the people in the room would sense my dishonesty and would not feel like they could talk about it. I mean, it. you wouldn't be creating a safe space for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we did have quite a few people who were very emotional and cried during it's, it. I mean, yeah. Is there more of a stigma for something like that? I feel like, you know, I was reading the description on Asperger's, ADHD, OCD. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, that's not, that's not something that if I found out I had a co-worker, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. whatever. We're just used to that. But I don't, I don't know if it's more accepted or people seem to be more open about Asperger's. I think, it's being, I think it's being talked about more, yeah. which is, and but, particularly but software development. That's true. That's true. I think more of it's being talked about now that we have these very publicized deaths yeah. that are, are related to it. Okay. Um, so there's still some sense of stigma and, and a lot of misunderstanding. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think that depression is a very misunderstood thing they, uh, a lot of people think it's a solvable thing that you know like, like a broken leg yeah. if I get a broken leg I will heal from this if I have depression I'll get over it yeah. they don't realize that a lot of the times these are things people never get over that they, yeah. they may be born with that um, even if it's something that's acquired later through like a trauma or like through combat sure. um, they might not get over it, even though it's something that happened afterwards. Um, so rather than make it worse for them, why not help? I mean, that's what we're supposed to be about in Agile, right? Making things so that everyone works well together. Right. And it's something I talked about in, in the, the speech and I talked about in the um, in the paper is that, you know, it's easy for us to understand when someone has, for instance, if they're in a wheelchair, yeah. that's easy for us to understand. It's, it's, we can visible. see it. It's yeah. visible. Right. It's a visible thing. And so we have no problem making accommodations for them. Right. When I mentioned at one point to some coworkers, because I wanted to get some more information about, you know, um, so if we had someone who had some mental issues, how would, you know, what would you do to help accommodate? Well, how do you even know? Well, you wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be a diet thing. It could be mm -hmm. 
something. I mean, there's lots of things. And and I would never feel comfortable walking up to somebody and being like, you seem right. kind of manic right now. Like, what's going on here? Are you on speed? Are you actually, like, whatever? Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's the part of it where I get a little bit... I don't even know how to approach that conversation. And in a way that is respectful and would make someone feel safe. That is a difficult thing because it's such a personal story that right. someone has and their risks yeah. to revealing it. Um, I think for me, earlier on in my career, there would have been much more risks than there are now because yeah. before there would have been... Well, I think we all know how it would have been. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Okay, so let's say that somebody's depressed in the workplace. Right? I'm sorry? Somebody's depressed. Okay. What kind of adjustments, or how could the team help that person? Well, here's the thing. You go to them and you ask, first of all. Okay. Um, and there are ways to start that conversation without an, what would be seen as being an, uh, an accusation. So like, what's depressed. a way that I could... It's like, um, you know, um, I noticed, and you talk about the behavior. You don't okay. talk about you are this thing. I noticed that you're doing this thing. Um, would it help you if I did such and such? Because remember, sometimes they don't know they have it, okay. and they don't know what to do about it. They may be doing things self, uh, subconsciously to self-medicate with alcohol or drugs. Um, they may be missing out on sleep. There may be all kinds of things that are bundled with this. They may not know. So there may be times when you can make a suggestion for an adjustment uh, and it just be that, you know, hey, I noticed that this thing is happening for you. Yeah. Um, would it help if we did such and such? And then they can make that choice. Or offer an alternative. That's absolutely right. They can make a choice or they can make an alternative. Okay, okay well, if that doesn't work, what would you think would help you? Yeah. You know, that's that, sort of I, I think that would probably be great if somebody had social anxiety or panic attacks or whatever. How could we make it less painful? Well, and some people, for instance, um, my daughter who struggles with social anxieties, there are things, um, and I talked about this also, is that um, children in particular, and, and once we become adults, we don't have signs around our necks to say, hey, I have blah, 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 don't do this. Most people look just typical. And I prefer the word typical over normal. Because normal implies that there's just one version and, of what we should all be. They might not be normal if right. they let it show. Right, and here's the thing, have you ever been able to see one set of people that you went, this is what normal right. is? Well, no, we're more typical, we're a median. So, yeah. you know, I use the, the phrase, um, we would say typically a six-year-old can read uh, most Dr. Seuss books. Yeah. Something like that, you know. Um, so, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, That's I apologize. A, um, <laughs> I totally forgot where we were, too. That's okay. We started talking about kids and I oh, social anxiety. Yeah, social anxiety. So one of the things we do with This her, happens in interviews. <laughs> we get lost in the conversation. Um, one of the things we do, uh, particularly with her, is that it's our job as parents to help train her to be in the real world. Okay. Whether she has something or doesn't. Yeah. So one of the things um, that she really struggled with is um, being... Uh, very adamant about things and becoming very angry in the moment okay. and not being able to control her emotions. So one of the things we worked with her uh, is to start recognizing when those triggers are. Yeah. At first it starts out with us going, okay, 
this is what's happening right now. So, I want you to remove yourself from the room, collect yourself however long that takes, and then come back. She eventually graduated to where she can recognize a lot of those triggers. Like, I'm getting to that point. And so she has the conversation. She says, I would really like to leave the room for a few minutes. Would you mind if I come back in 10 minutes? So she's informing them when she's coming back and that she will come back to this. But right now she needs to go and do this thing. There have been occasions when people said no. And she says, I'm sorry. I need to do this. So you've taught her to protect herself. Yes. Which, I mean, to me, like talking about creating a safe space at work, Mm -hmm. allowing people the freedom to do that without stigmatizing that behavior. Right. They need to take five, whatever, however long. Mm-hmm. You need to go sit in a room by yourself for a while. Mm-hmm. That should be allowed. Well, you know, um, particularly as Scrum Masters, we had teams, um, when I worked with this one company, where um, it was known amongst the people, not my teams that I worked with as right. a Scrum Master, but it was among, um, excuse me, amongst the team of Scrum Masters themselves that knew what were going on. And so... There were times that I would set up with them, um, you know, little signals so that, because they were aware, but I didn't necessarily want the rest of the people to be aware. So, you know, I could tap out, basically. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, and that was super helpful. Okay. That's awesome. I'm really glad. I, I think what you did was very good, and I'm really glad that you had this. That you well, did thank this you. Talk. I appreciate so, that. If people want to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. um, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, there are a couple of different ways. I have Twitter. Okay. Uh, at, at yeah, you have a complicated Twitter handle. I'm sorry. It, it actually Which will be in the show notes. <laughs> it will be in the show notes that my Twitter handle is complicated. Um, it's Agile is my name, underscore O. And that was me not creating a safe space for your Twitter handle. <laughs> Um, But I do have an email, too, if anyone wants to talk about it more privately, which is agileismyname.o at gmail.com. So I do have both of those available, and certainly I'm willing to, you know, talk to people about some of these. This is awesome. Thank you you so much. I appreciate it. So uh, keep watching all week. We're going to be doing interviews all day today, all day tomorrow, all day Thursday.